This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. All right, welcome back. Rob Breckenridge with your final half hour here today. Angela Cocott will be in with Calgary today following the 3 o'clock news. Got a few other things to get to in our time remaining here today, but uh, more time for your calls and your text to 403-974-TALK, 974-8255. But I want to take a look right now at a, a fascinating story as it pertains to uh, biker gangs in Canada. Certainly we think of uh, the Hells Angels still as maybe the preeminent motorcycle gang and, and very sophisticated kind of operation. Uh, we've certainly heard of Banditos, the Rock Machine, and some of the bloodshed that's occurred in Canada over the years between some of these gangs. But a lot of this traces back to a gang that maybe we don't hear much of these days, what was known as the Satan's Choice Motorcycle Gang, and how big they became in the early 70s, a gang that started in, in Ontario, and how important their leader, their founder, uh, became in the world of outlaw motorcycle gangs. And his story is a fascinating one. And, and, you know, maybe people who have longer memories, maybe followed uh, amateur boxing in, in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, they might remember this guy because he was pretty good and he fought for this country. Uh, and, you know, we hear those stories of, of athletes, you know, fighters or you know, football players at the NFL draft last week and guys who come from rough backgrounds. And I managed to, to find a way out. And, you know, this guy's kind of walked that fine line. Uh, his name was uh, Bernie Gwindon. And his story is the subject of a new book. It's called Hard Road. Bernie Gwindon in the Reign of the Satan's Choice Motorcycle Club. Joining us uh, is the author of this book, Peter Edwards, uh, who's a reporter with the Toronto Star's best-selling author of uh, several books, uh, focusing on uh, biker gangs and mobsters uh, and other true crime here in Canada. Peter, great to have you with us. Welcome to the program. Hey. So great to be with you. Uh, what, what to you is so compelling about the, the story of uh, Bernie Gwindon? Why, why did you want to write this book? Well, he, had, he had two different worlds. That's part of it. I mean, he really was something as a boxer. He also was um, kind of at the very beginning for biker gangs in Canada. He was the most important person between um, when they started in 2000 or so. So they also, there was a chance to get to know him as a person. So I... Um, I thought it was a good opportunity for a lot of different things. All right, so the Satan's Choice Motorcycle Gang was founded, was it around 1970? Is that when it started? Uh, actually, 65. And it, Even before it, it that. Going a bit before that, and then it, it fizzled out, and then uh, Gwyndon brought them back again. And what did it start off at? I mean, what was the original point of some of these motorcycle gangs? Uh, it's kind of scruffy little kids with bikes, and they weren't really, um, uh, they were more... Uh, kind of annoying and um, kind of uh, growly little kids who'd um, eat hamburgers and look sort of sullen. They, they weren't really a threat, but they were a bit annoying. Uh, they, a lot of them uh, modeled themselves on Lee Marvin from the movie The Wild One back in 1953. Yeah. Uh, so um, Bernie was uh, from Oshawa originally, right? From rough neighborhood in Oshawa. Yeah, and his dad was a bootlegger, and Bernie would, um, would box his his older brother for a quarter, and uh, that would keep the customers entertained. So Bernie and his brother would um, would fight away, and then these people would would pay um, high prices to drink in the Twindon home to watch the kids fight. And he grew up fighting. I mean, he, what would people pay to to come watch him and his brother fight? Right. Yeah, and Bernie always won. His brother had first wasn't. Um, Gifted Bernie was also his brother had a bad leg, so it was easy for Bernie to outmaneuver him, and um, 
and Sockham. Um, Bernie, um, like, he loves his brother, but he had no problem um, punching him out. Yeah, no kidding. Well, but as you say, he was good at it, uh, and he did go on to to competitive fighting. He represented Canada. Didn't he fight at the Pan Am Games? Yeah, he got a bronze in the Pan Am Games, and he always had trouble with um, sort of tall, crafty left-handers, and so that was what um, what got him. I talked to George Cervallo, the old heavyweight champion, and he uh, he talked about how Bernie really could have been um, been something as a pro. You know, that, and he remembered Bernie's good punch. As soon as I said Bernie's name, he talked about his left hook. But he was living in two worlds though, at the time. I mean, he was already into this this biker gang lifestyle, wasn't he? Yeah, and he wasn't. Um, in some ways, he went against the stereotype. He was anti-drinking. He just didn't like the way he acted when he drank, and so he refused to drink. He was anti-drug um, during the 60s. He got um, he smoked marijuana in prison, but before he went to prison, he was um, his big vice was smoking cigarettes. He, um, beyond that, he didn't really have vices that way. All right, so how did he rise then to prominence in this, this motorcycle club? Uh, very organized, and so he would... Um, and, and very disciplined, he is very ambitious. He was sort of looking for something to, um, I think, for a bigger world, for something that was um, larger. He, he belonged to something called the Golden Hawks, and when they didn't fight very well, he called them the Chicken Hawks, and then he quit them. Um, he wanted he he pulled together four different clubs and um, and sort of made a mega club, and then that grew. So for a while, there there was the second biggest gang in the world uh, behind only the Hell's Angels. Uh, and so, I mean, it started to attract more of a criminal element, too, then, at that point. Yeah, around 1970, it went from drug use to drug trafficking, and um, some mob people looked towards uh, gang members to do their dirty jobs, like contract killing. And did, did he evolve with it? Did he become that, that kind of person? Uh, he wasn't really a gangster. He was, uh, he was a tough guy, and he had no problem punching someone out, but he never... And I interviewed some people who went to prison for really serious gun crimes, like I interviewed some um, serious gangster-type people, and they said Bernie wasn't really one of them. He, he, liked, he was very comfortable punching someone, but he wasn't really a gun person. He wasn't, um, uh, it just wasn't what he did. Um, he, he also is, um, is not a business person. He, he could get involved in criminal things, but he wasn't really, um, really a planner. He was more of a... Uh, he liked to be in a group of people, and he, um, he he liked the idea of brotherhood. That that was um, before the real organized crime. A lot of people talked about it being crime, but not being organized, and so you couldn't really call it organized crime. Right, but it, I mean, it certainly became that, right? Yeah, like by the um, so he went to to prison in the seventies. He did get involved in in a drug, a, a very major drug conspiracy, and um, he. He just um, sort of when he when he did give it a shot, he got caught. Um, he after that tried to um, tried to make a living doing a series of kind of um, not menial but almost menial jobs, and he tried to to run a um, amusement park sort of thing, and that uh, that was quite a disaster. <laughs> so it, it, I mean, it almost seemed like he had those those opportunities for a different life. I mean, obviously he had the the talent to be a boxer, maybe could have turned pro had the, the drive to, to maybe do other things, but he just he couldn't get out of that world, it seems. Yeah, and he, um, he spoke to me several times about how he really regretted um, leaving General Motors. Like, he had a good job on the assembly line. He was, um, I mean, he's 74 now, and he talks a lot about how he'd have a good pension if he'd only stayed at General Motors. He, 
uh, he got very kind of obsessed with with running this um, this gang and um, made it all made it really a full time job. But yeah, he, I don't think he regrets the gang part, but he does regret the um, losing the security of of his job. Now, eventually, I mean, the, the Satan's Choice they basically got kind of swallowed up by the Hell's Angels, didn't they? I think some of them ended up becoming members of the Outlaws gang, but didn't the, the Hell's Angels basically end up taking them over? Yeah, what happened with them was that Bernie was very big on being all Canadian. His big, um, his big goal was to have a uh, coast-to-coast um, Canadian club, and um, when he was in prison in the 70s, the Outlaws, who are an American-based gang, uh, they they swallowed up half of the members, the ones along the border, which which really, really upset Bernie. When he got out, um, the surviving ones, um, what was left, um, there, was, there was a huge split. It was like a really ugly divorce between them and the outlaws. Um, the other ones hung on until 2000, and then the Hells Angels absorbed uh, uh, a whole series of, um, of smaller um, uh, all-Canadian clubs. So Bernie eventually wore the Hells Angels patch. Yeah, he wasn't. He, he um, it never really was his thing being a Hell's Angel, though, and so he he wasn't. Um, I don't think his heart was really in it. He he stayed in for a little while and then left. He, um, I mean, his prime was was being Satan's choice, and I think there was um, um, there there wasn't really a choice. Like it's, it's almost like you have a a very small business and then a multinational moves in. You're, you know, if you have a small hamburger stand and you're competing against a major chain, you really can't do it. Because in, in a way, and I mean, when you look at the, the kinds of individuals who've, you know, been a part of this world, you know, I mean, look, this Bernie did time in prison, uh, and, you know, I mean, he was no sane, but, I mean, he comes across almost like a sympathetic figure. I think, you know, there were a lot of things about him where he really did try. I mean, he, um, I, I could sense a lot of regret that he wasn't a better father, a lot of... Um, there's something about when someone puts out a big effort and it just doesn't work. Like, he didn't want to run a criminal enterprise, but he also didn't want to leave people behind, and so he uh, ended up um, having to really front for a lot of people who, um, you know, weren't really, um, weren't really his, you know, the prime material for the club. He, the boxing card, I mean, he, he came so close to... Um, to representing Canada on a couple of occasions, there, there was a. I think there's a lot of regret that, um, you know, that it, 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 there's a whole bunch of almosts in his life, and um, you know, it didn't really connect. Um, he. It's funny because for all the um, the violence that you know, when you're around the guy, he really means well. Like he, 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 um, you know, pats you on the shoulder and he wants things to, to be good. He he had quite a temper, and that got the better of him. Um, although when I think about his upbringing, it doesn't surprise me too much. And so where, where did life eventually take him after, you know, the stints in prison, the time with the, the gangs? What what became of him? Uh, now he, um, he's got a pretty quiet life. He uh, it, It's odd, but he does a lot of leather craft. He's actually extremely good at making things out of leather, and he um, spends a lot of time watching sports on TV and in a really, really quiet room working on leather craft, you know, making things like wallets and belts. He um, uh, he likes to see his friends when he can, but they're they're pretty spread out right now, and so he um, I, I think he feels a bit isolated and a bit alone. He 
he didn't put any restrictions on me about about the book. Like he didn't um, didn't read any drafts and didn't um, didn't tell me what to do at all. I think I think he kind of hopes that in one way people learn from from his life, and in the other way that that they just not forgotten. Like there was something big going on there, and I think that he he doesn't want it all to sort of blow away, and then people think it never happened at all. I mean, you describe him as, uh, you know, the founding father of Canadian outlaw motorcycle gangs. Do you think he would disagree with, with that? Oh, sorry, I missed your question. That he's the founding father of Canadian outlaw motorcycle gangs. Would, would, he, would he agree with that assessment? Yeah, and I don't think there's a real... I can't think of who would be a second choice. I mean, there were um, there were some people who had... Yeah, a big presence for a, for a while in one area, but Bernie Bernie really did go coast to coast. I mean, he um, he had a club that was something for a while, um, you know, across the country. He, he had quite a bit of longevity. He he survived a lot of things. I think at some point he's almost been surprised that he's still alive. Um, he had had some pretty close scrapes. Um, they have rushed up against some extremely dangerous people. There's one yeah. guy, um, Yves Trudeau, killed an estimated 43 people, and so he's um, he's moved in the orbit of a lot of people who who really had no problems about charging somebody's life. Yeah, no kidding. Well, it's pretty wild. The book is called Hard Road, Bernie Gwindon and the Reign of the Satan's Choice Motorcycle Club. Peter Edwards, thanks so much for joining us here today. Really appreciate that. Well, thank you. I really enjoyed it. All right, take thank care. You. That's uh, Peter Edwards, a veteran reporter with the Toronto Star. He's written uh, 14 uh, previous nonfiction books wrote about the Bandito Massacres, written about uh, Vita Rizzuto, Mobster Montreal, and uh, other crime stories. So this one, again, Hard Road, the story of uh, Bernie Gwindon, founder of the Satan's Choice uh, Motorcycle Club. 403-974-8255 is a number. We're back with more right after that. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.